Hello and welcome to Dinesh Guarda, Cities ABC, Open Business Council uh, YouTube podcast series. We are here again for an, a fabulous new interview with uh, someone I'm actually quite excited today to portray, but as well to keep portraying people that are changing the way we live in, and as well thinking about new innovative ways and creative ways of changing and making substantial change for our society, our cities, and the way we deal with our creativity, with our challenges as society, but as well as people, as citizens. So in our series, we've been interviewing right now close to 170 people and uh, reaching close to 8 million views just on YouTube alone. And one of the things that has been always the tone is the innovators and the people changing the world, the change makers, let's put it that way. So one of my passions that I didn't spoke much is music. Um, actually, I started my first career when I was 11, writing music and actually singing and actually portraying songs. So today I'm very excited to have here with us, with Sean Granberry. So Sean Granberry has a fantastic CV that touches a lot of different areas and uh, is well known as the CEO of Hip Hop TV. Uh, USA-based 24-hour live streaming online platform. And the platform features a lot of different programming from custom playlists, licensed content and music videos. And uh, Sean is a veteran of the industry of entertainment, but uh, he has a quite out-of-the-box experience that touches from promoting music and the entertainment industry in the West Coast of the US but as well working with the likes of uh, different areas of entertainment from music, film, music, and as well sports. Um, so from some of the areas that I will highlight from his CV, and of course we'll put this on the bio that goes close to the YouTube and the different places where people are listening to us. Um, so uh, after college, uh, uh, Mr. Granberry, Sean uh, was a close confidant to Shakir Stewart, and also continued to produce events like Def Jam's How to Find a Megastar, and worked very close with famed movie producer Robert Watts at Transform Transformer uh, Entertainment. And while working with Stewart and Watts, uh, Sean began researching the new broadcast model now known as over-the-top broadcasting, which changed part of the way we see broadcasting and media entertainment. And after returning to the UC Berkeley, where he studied uh, to, fully, to fully study his model, uh, Sean founded Watch Now Networks, that is the company behind the hip hop TV and a lot of other different things that he's doing. Sean met his passion while still in high school. And back then he worked in a ANR department with his uncle, Too Tooth Enough Productions where his mother was the CEO, so family business that goes and, and grows. And the two tough enough productions work with such artists and companies as Tony, Tone, Tony and Vogue, Madonna, Club Nouveau, Confunction, Timex Social Club, Regine Bell, Alexander O'Neill, Vet Networks, ABC and Fox Networks, just to mention a few. In high school, Sean also teamed up with Shakir Stewart to produce some of the biggest parties in Auckland and California. And uh, as well, um, has been involved uh, in the academy with Berkeley University where he attended, but as well, he has still a relationship. 
And of course, he has a huge relationship with the nightclubs and popular clubs in the area of San Francisco and Bay Area. And of course, um, in terms of his passion and the work he's been doing, it has a huge impact as well in terms of social um, impact and community work that comprehends and as well work with inner city youth that he founded, the Scholar Elite Union and Bears Youth Basketball with help from childhood friend Jason Kidd and works very close with Stanford and UCA Berkeley faculty to help young people achieve a college education and survive the dangers of the streets. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to talk about music, <laughs> hip hop, entertainment, right. and a lot of these things, Sean. So it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate it. So, Sean, I, I would like to start, uh, I think, by the last part of, of your CV. So this work that you've been doing with the dangers of the streets. Yeah. So I think... Uh, this is kind of a big part. Of course, this interview will talk about a lot of things. It is, I hope, I hope, no, I know that it's going to be a, a big interview. But one of the things that I'm particularly interested is that you've been crossovering entertainment, music, and education, and sports, and as well, community work, which is a very big thing. Right. And this is as well on the basis of hip hop. So, can you tell us about this work from your beginning um, on the streets and as well on the music industry? To as well the work you'll be doing in the end and then we go through the middle afterwards got it got it so the community work started with uh my good friend jason kidd and i uh really reflecting on our lives and realizing that uh we have been very blessed in life um we both come from very loving families um uh, a loving uh spiritual life uh we, we attended a, a wonderful school and wonderful church and you know, had our parents there and, you know, just had a, just a great childhood, went on family vacations, you know, just were blessed to have a no worry childhood. So uh, Jason went on to be, of course, a Hall of Famer and an NBA superstar and, and uh, now NBA coach of the Davis Mavericks. I went on to have a, you know, continue on the family business and work in entertainment, everything I've wanted to do. So we felt it was our responsibility to give back. To, to, to young people that were less fortunate. Everyone isn't um, born into a, to a family, a successful family, and everyone isn't, uh, uh, doesn't have, uh, uh, you know, wasn't able to attend a wonderful schools and all those things. So we feel it's our responsibility to give back. And that's kind of where it started at, is that we had a responsibility to give back to people that, you know, wasn't blessed as, as well as we were blessed in life. That's, that's the, the foundation of, 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 of our community work. So we kind of combine what we do. So it, Jason's NBA. So of course it includes a lot of basketball stuff. I'm hip hop and entertainment. So everything we do kind of takes the strengths of what we do and apply it to our community work. Well, that's, that's really wonderful. So, so let's go back to your uh, career because it's a fantastic career. And I think, like you said, from a great family right. and your mother was CEO as well right. of a music uh, label. So you grew up as well with family and so forth. But can you tell us about this? Because of course it's quite innovative because <laughs> when you talk about hip hop, normally it's always people with, with a special, a lot of issues and drugs and rock right. and roll and, uh, and a lot of uh, sometimes uh, kind of edgy stuff. But in your right. case, it's, it's Stanford workplace and it's kind of <laughs> it's a kind of a, we would say wow so but I, I think it's interesting for people listening especially young hip-hop 
uh, one of these to see that you can actually have the two things and actually do things in the right way as well. So I would like to hear okay, that story. So, um, as a child, my uncle, who's a music producer and songwriter, uh, while he was in college, he wrote a hit song. And uh, the song was, uh, uh, he worked on a song called Rumors by an 80s group called Timex Social Club. That went on to be a huge national hit in the United States. Well, global. It was a global hit. And so he went from being a college student to a music producer overnight. <laughs> and um, my mother stepped in because he was young to kind of uh, set up the business side of things because he had, he, had, he had, you know, sold millions of records very quickly. So like his first bet out, he sold millions of records. So uh, my mother stepped in uh, to kind of put the business part of it together. And that created two tough enough productions. So from there, uh, my uncle went on to make lots of hits, write lots of songs. I don't know. He's probably sold in the excess of 50 million records or uh, who knows how many. So, uh, but um, Club Nouveau, these are all big 80s groups. Club Nouveau, Timex Social Club, In Vogue is one of his biggest. Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh, he produced for all the TV networks. Um, Madonna, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. So my mother ran that business. Uh, my mother gave me a job in high school to work in the A&R department. So my uncle would be looking for artists around the world. So the demo tapes would come into the office. I would uh, 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 rate the demo tapes and then the ones deemed worthy listen to, you know, for my uncle to listen to. His, his business partner, Denzel Foster and him, would listen to the demo tapes. And sometimes they would work with the group, sometimes they wouldn't. But we got a lot of groups that came in there. Like I had, I actually had MC Hammer's demo tape. Before anybody ever know who MC Hammer was, it was my office that took in his demo tape. Uh, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of stories like that. E-40, one of the big artists in the Bay Area. He was with his family group, E-40 and the Click. I had their demo tape before anybody ever knew who they were. So that was my job in high school. So that was uh, uh, very, very fun, as you can imagine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that, that's really impressive. <laughs> but what I love is as well, how you work with family and how your mother step in. It's really amazing as well, because it's, it's kind of shows a different, first of all, family side to everything related with the, with the music industry. So can you tell us about your mother? Because I think it's really beautiful, <laughs> that story. If you wouldn't mind, of course. Right. <laughs> My mother's a phenomenal woman. So uh, not only did she uh, uh, run my uncle's uh, uh, production company as CEO for many years, uh, she worked very close with a, with a real power broker in the music industry, Sylvia Rohn. Um, after my mother stint with the uh, production company, we were still in school. So my, my, I have a younger sister, we were still in school. So my mother was asked to move to LA or New York uh, to, to, to work for one of the major labels because we were small and my father also owned a, my father owned a construction company. Uh, my mother chose not to pursue the music career in New York or LA because she didn't want to uproot her family. Um, so, um, she went into education and, uh, ended up being a college professor. Uh, so she's Dr. Tony McElroy. She in the, uh, Re, uh, uh, reinventing herself as an educator and uh, teacher, principal, and then professor. So she went on into education. So yeah, my mother's what you call a superwoman. 
Wow, that's a wonderful story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really special as someone that tries to have a good family, at least to good, be a good example. And of course, I, I like the music has a lot of excesses and the culture right. of entertainment, but you can actually still have fantastic stories like yours, the very, right. very positive as well, which yeah. is in itself a beacon of light as well. So so let, let's look at, because let's say, um, when your mother and your uncle were having all the success was more or less at the same time that hip hop was kind of growing as it, as yeah, it yeah, is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It was, so it was can you tell us from that inception? Because you were part of that. So, so right. the MCing from the 70s mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of theories saying that history starts with the um, Jamaica DJ Cool Irk right, that right. starts spinning. So a bit of the history of hip hop from your, from your side as well. Because well, you're an expert on that worldwide. Well, I got a great experience because my uncle would be on tour in the early 80s. He was on tour. So uh, all the time he'd go to New York, he would always bring back the mixtapes. So I got to hear all the latest hip hop as it was coming out very early on. And, and my uncle also worked with a lot of the artists. So he worked with a lot of early hip hop artists with his music production. So I was, I was there in, the, in, in, in a lot of the beginning of, of the culture. Um, as it, as it came out to the West, um, my uncle spent a lot of time in LA. So we were a lot of cl uh, 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 close to the ice teas of the world that were coming out in LA. In San Francisco Barrier, we had early artists like Too Short. Too Short basically lived around the corner from me. So uh, I saw him selling his tapes on the corner and, 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 and build up to a global artist uh, from the very, very beginning. Um, but with the history in New York, you know, Cool Herc, South Bronx, uh, uh, I visit there a lot, in fact. Uh, to see the culture grow the way it has grown and, 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 and really see it from the front line, it's, it's just true, truly amazing to see. Because I, I go way back with a lot of, a lot of the guys from, from when I was very young so because I was around my uncle. So I actually saw these guys at their prime uh, uh, as they were creating the culture, uh, because when you're in the music industry, you attend a lot of music conventions, and this was very, very big in the '80s. Music conventions where they where they launched the new artists. So I was there with Big Daddy Kane and LL Cool J. This is before everybody really knew who they were. This is when they were the record company was just starting to promote them. Uh, so they were just walking around the hotel, just like you know, like everybody else. So everybody from Two Live Crew, LL Cool J, like I say, Big Daddy K, uh, uh, Busta Rhymes. This was all before anybody ever knew who they were. So it, 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 was, it was incredible to be on the front lines, watching it all develop. And so before we go to, to Hip Hop TV, so when you were in the inception, because this was the inception of Hip Hop, so being part of this was natural for you. But um, seeing all these changes, because hip hop is, is about the music, but it's about the culture, it's about, uh, it's about all the society, the, the fashion, all the things around this. So how did that immersion, and of course that made you create hip hop TV, but right. how was that all the, the things work together and some, some mysteries or some stuff that you want to share with us that you saw all of that happen at the same time. Of course, you were so involved that probably for you was different from outsiders, right. but a bit of that context of the inception. Well, uh, it started with my, my close uh, friendship with Shakira Stewart. Shakira and I grew up together in Oakland. 
we then went to high school together, um, St. Mary's High School in Berkeley, California. And in high school, um, we decided that uh, looking at what my uncle was doing, one day, this is in ninth grade in high school, we wanted to build a global entertainment company. So we decided that we were in ninth grade. That's what we wanted to do. And we would support each other no matter what. So that was a pact we made. So my uncle, uh, uh, friends were the top DJs in the area and the, the, the top power brokers in the area. So we started throwing parties because the top radio DJs would DJ at our parties because they were my uncle's friend. So we would have these huge parties, 2,000 kids at a party. We charged them $5 to get in. So we built a business in high school of throwing these big parties. But we would have the radio DJs DJing at the parties. We were like, how did you get those top DJs to DJ at these high school parties? But they were my uncle's friends. So uh, I knew them since I was very young. So they would do anything, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to, to help me or because the relationship they have my uncle, uh, you know, they were family friends. So they were family friends. So that's how we started throwing these big parties. Then Shakir went off to Morehouse College and uh, he uh, uh, became a part of a group in Atlanta, uh, Noontime Productions, that ended up signing Puffy's Hitmen. So all the bad boy hits by, uh, by Puffy was done by mainly seven producers that started in Atlanta uh, on the Noontime Productions. So all uh, uh, Notorious uh, B.I.G.'s hits, uh, Mace, all those bad boy hits came out of these producers as Shakira was a part of that scene. Then he went on to be L.A. Reid's right-hand man. Um, L.A. Reid was leading um, uh, 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 Hitco Music Production, a, a music publishing company, as well as uh, uh, his record label. But then he went on to head Def Jam. So... I was, I was working with Shakira this whole time. So during this time, uh, when he went on for Def Jam, uh, he signed Rick Ross, signed Young Jeezy, signed Sierra, the R&B star, signed Beyonce to her first songwriting deal. All this was going on. We're, all, we're, we're working together through, through all this great things that are going on. But, uh, but when he was at Def Jam, Jay-Z told Shakira, it's like, man, you're way too smart to be running Def Jam. You need to own your own company and do global things around the world. So that's when Shakir called me and we met in Las Vegas and we, on a napkin, came up the concept of hip hop TV. It was really transitioning uh, 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 from music, music, regular music sales into uh, video, the video, uh, the video aspect of it. So. Uh, we, we wanted to build a, a global home of hip-hop culture and use the latest technology to monetize the culture at the highest level, making sure that the artists and creators of hip-hop were compensated at the highest levels because now technology was allowing this to happen. We fast forward to today and we see where we're at. We're in, a, in, a, in, a, in an incredible space to actually make that happen. That's wonderful. <laughs> so I want to touch... Of course, I'm not an expert, but it's interesting because i preparing for the interview and I love you, Pop, but of course, more from right. a lower perspective, not from an <laughs> industry guy. So, so it's interesting looking at Google because if you look at Google and you search for history of hip hop, 
What is interesting is that the first thing that appears is, is kind of, and I want to go through some of these questions okay. with you, is we started the pop, where the name hip hop came from, and then the three major movements of hip hop. Um, and there's a lot of questions like this, like uh, what did Grandmaster Flash contribute to hip hop? What skills do you need for hip hop? So there's a lot of searches. Actually, this is kind of, there's close to 300 million search results just for right, this. Right, so that's right, a massive right, opportunity. Right. This is right. just for history of hip hop, but if you right. go to hip hop, so I think what I, what I came with this question is that there's 2 point billion, actually almost 3 billion search results for hip hop. Right. So definitely this is, it started, like you said, by, well, part of your family and, and friends right. and a lot of different ecosystems, but it's a massive industry worldwide that touches everyone. I think yes. everyone from, from uh, of course, uh, New York, uh, Atlanta, uh, right. California to now Africa to yeah. China to Asia and so forth. So, I would like to go through this and how do you see this expanding worldwide, and especially when you create hip hop TV? How do you see this? Because it's really a massive industry right now that uh, created a couple of very big global, well, a lot of big celebrities right. and, and, and stars, but as well, it created a massive industry that is still in the inception and it crosses over a lot of different things. So, can you tell us a bit about this inception, but as well from an industry perspective? I think there's a huge opportunity here. Hip hop is completely, uh, completely global. It's completely global. Uh, uh, one thing I always talk about is that when you say the, 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 the word hip hop, just the term hip hop, you know, hip hop, is, it, it doesn't sway too much in terms of def definition, no matter where you are. So when people hear hip hop in China, they pretty much know hip hop. Uh, whether you're in Oakland, California, or, or, or London, or Sydney, Australia, or Laos, you know, or Malaysia, or, you know, or, 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 or deep into uh, uh, Kenya or, or, or South Africa, hip hop is hip hop. So it's not, the key is hip hop isn't lost in translation. You know, so that is very, very powerful when you have something that's a global movement but the term describing it isn't lost in translation. So that's the huge opportunity we see with, with Hip Hop TV is that we know uh, 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 just through geo-targeting, you know, we could build massive amounts of, of, of traffic uh, because uh, in the United States, Hip Hop is where, is, is, is where the validation sits. So because we're in the United States and we're Hip Hop, the world looks for validation from the United States when it comes to hip hop. You know what I mean? So uh, the United States is always kind of looked up to as the creator of hip hop <coughs> and hip hop culture. Excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, because of that, we know we can build a lot of global traction around it, as well as work with uh, hip hop creators around the world and, and, and kind of combine efforts to create the global movement even stronger, even stronger. So for us, it's a huge opportunity in uh, 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 content creation, but, you know, and just collaboration. You know, I work with Arjun United States and say, you need to figure out who's doing stuff around the world. You know, with music, you upload your track, you upload your track, you, you can mix it, and then you could, you know, remix a song together all day long. So I tell... RC United States, you need to reach out to the arts in Africa. You need to reach out to the arts in, in Asia. With social media, it's very easy to send a DM message. <laughs> so, 
So, so it's very easy to reach out, making hip hop even more global than it already is. So that's that's one of our goals. So, in terms of hip hop TV, um, I know that you guys have been building something really amazing because it's it's much more than just an organization. It's a it's a movement around mm -hmm. the hip hop uh, ecosystem and the culture. So tell us about what is hip hop TV for people that don't know so much and what are your goals where people can find and so forth. So hip hop TV, first of all, can be found at hiphoptv.com. So it's hiphoptv.com. Uh, we'll be launching our, um, our, our apps in the next, uh, in the next 60 days. You'll see the, the, uh, the relaunch of the hip hop TV app um, launch on iOS and Android. Um, but what we did was build a, 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 a video sharing platform that monetizes video with some of the best technology that we could find. So in essence, we not only produce content, we also help uh, creators of content. So user generated content, uh, monetize it uh, with some of the best technology that we could find. So, um, Everything from, of course, blockchain, crypto, NFT, you know, that's, that's, that's the partnership with, with Cities ABC, to overlay technology, Source Digital is a partner in this. So when I'm interviewing someone, I could buy the shirt they're wearing or get more information on what's ever in the video. You can get all that data and all that information. To Famecast is one of our partners in terms of, of, of bringing a lot of of tools into one location. So you can go live at any time behind a paywall and talk about your latest pro uh, project. Uh, subscription models are very big now. Famecast gives us a tool for subscription models. So in the music industry now, it's not selling a lot of music is how you make your money. You know, So you really have to build a one-on-one a -on -one relationship with your fan base, with your core fans. And through a subscription model, sell them different things a month. So for $5.99 a month, you get exclusive song, a t-shirt, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a master class, you know, you get all these things in package to your core fans. Well, that's $5.99 or $7.99 a month times 1,000 times 10,000 or even times 100, you know? So we're, we're showing artists that the music is, 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 is extremely changing. And you have to look to monetize it uh, a, a whole, whole, whole other ways. So uh, one of those ways is, is going deep, deep, deep into blockchain, crypto, NFT, into this space very strong because the creation, what you're creating, your digital uh, music, your, 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 your merchandise, your artwork, can it be monetized in that world too. So uh, it's all about is showing creators around the world how to monetize uh, uh, what they do at the highest level. Our business model, we get a cut of everything. So we get a small cut of everything. So it's, it's a volume play here. So with, with large volume, you know, you know, we have a great business model too. Fantastic. And, and so <clears throat> I want to touch uh, from your background in the music industry, you are always focused on putting the artists first, from yes. first coming from a family of artists, but understanding the industry. So at the moment, uh, of course, all the challenge we have is that the music industry is actually suffering probably more of the same as in the 70s. Yeah. And uh, although the industry became more mainstream because there's much more artists than there was before, 
but ironically, even with all the digital tools, the artists are still struggling. And as well, the channels are difficult, especially in the last few years with COVID has been very tricky right. because the artists are not making concerts or much less concerts. And there's a much more fear for this. So how do you see the industry as we are right now, especially in particular the hip hop industry where you are more involved? Well, I think the key is that, that we're in a, in a serious sense of transition or where artists can take advantage of learning how to use tools that puts them directly in contact with their fan base. Honestly, record companies are no longer needed anymore. You know, the, the cost of production that you can do in your house is, is if you really know how to do it, is, is you don't need necessarily an advance from a record company to create high level uh, products, high level music. So. To me, it's, it's, it's teaching the artists and giving them the tools to have direct relationships with their fan bases. So even in a COVID crisis, we transition to online concerts. The key is it, it, the closer you are to your fan base, the more they will support what you do. So if you can't perform live, we, we transition to online concerts, you know, and, 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 and pre-selling tickets to when it can go back to performing live. It's all about, 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 about building that relationship directly with your fan base. And, and I don't feel sorry for record companies at all. Uh, if you know the history of, of, of music, record companies in the United States at least was started by gangsters. <laughs> and the gangsters would, uh, would, would take serious advantage of the artists, you know? So in fact, it was a practice of buying life insurance on the artists. If the artists didn't sell records, you, you off them, and you collected their insurance money. So record companies were built on a, a very bad foundation anyway. So, so even up until the Michael Jacksons of the world, the equity split was not fair. I mean, you know, 25 cents or six cents or three cents per album, come on. That, it, that whole business model needs to die. <laughs> so uh, as we evolve forward, more equity goes into the artists, you know, and, that, and that's where it should be. So to me, it's leveling out to where it should be. This transition time's a little tough, but as artists start to figure this out, they're going to make a whole lot more money than they ever did being signed to record companies. And we're right there at it. And, and, and Hip Hop TV is bringing those tools to the artists. Like, listen, A, B, C, D is what you need to be doing. Let us teach you how to do it so you can uh, monetize what you do on a much higher level. So we're, we're here as a solution tool to help artists. And, and what we do transcends way past hip hop. We focus on hip hop, but this, this works for classical artists, uh, jazz artists, uh, rock artists, etc. So. No, I completely understand <laughs> that. I think it's, it's a, I think this is actually probably the biggest challenge for the music industry, actually for any industry worldwide, is that we have all these technology tools and all the fantastic things, but there's very few people that are actually getting something out of it. Right. And most of people, because let's say if you are a musician or a creator, you are really not thinking about making money. You're thinking about creating your own arts, your own music, your own um, production, whatever. So right. that's a big challenge. So I want to touch more in the way okay. you guys want to solve this. So from your experience working with very big artists, but as well with the new artists, right. let's look at the kind of historical for the last uh, two decades that you've been working on this. 
What were the bigger, well, we know about the labels, so let's take the labels aside. Okay, okay. <laughs> what were the major challenges that you find for the artists and creators? Because you have quite a lot of knowledge and as well, you even involve your studies in Berkeley on this and Berkeley has a huge right. tradition in arts. I would like to touch this from a research perspective and how do you solve this? Well, uh, one is that we're in a, a serious uh, 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 transition time right now. So it's, it's you got to get the old way of thinking out your head. You know, that's that's the toughest thing for the, the big time artists is they're used to performing live, you know, being paid to, to show up and perform and that being a bulk of how they make their money, you know, so but that's the old way of doing things. You know, that's the old way of doing things. You have an artist, let's say a Snoop Dogg, for instance, who has tens of millions of followers, you know. You know how much one masterclass Snoop Dogg could make charging people $5 and just talking to him for an hour around the world? You know what I mean? You know, teaching about what he likes to do, the cannabis industry. He's a, he loves cannabis. So if he just did a deep dive into cannabis, one masterclass, $5, you know, he can probably get a million people to bite, you know? So that's $5 million made in one hour. You know, so if, but he has to understand how this stuff works. So you can say you don't have to do five shows around the world to earn five million dollars. You could do <laughs> much more. It's exactly the point. Yeah, then release a, a, a limited edition NFT during your live masterclass. You know, offered to a million people. So this is a new business model. So the hardest thing is teaching the definitely the big artists that the whole business model is changing. You have to change with it, or you should change with it. You don't have to change. You should change with it because it's a much higher return on investment of your time to use this new technology than it is this way, you know? And believe me, the next group of artists, they are going to use the tools because <laughs> uh, that's, that's what they know. So that's been the, 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 the toughest thing is convincing the, the, the super, the mega artists that you're leaving a lot of money on the table. <laughs> You know, and you put a lot of energy into things you shouldn't be putting energy into because a lot of the legendary artists are parents now, are grandparents now. So it's not like they have all the free time they had when they were younger. So time is time is more valuable now. Uh, and and they, they, they have to learn how to maximize their social media and followings to give them much higher returns on their investment. So that's been more of the headache is, is, is guys, get with the times. <laughs> so. No, and I think it's a very good point because, for instance, like you said, for instance, if you look at precisely Masterclass, the app, <laughs> the, app uh, the business model of the Masterclass is that they offer $100,000 for the artist right. and then a commission for the artist that the more people will download and the more people listen, the more right. they will receive. And they, at the moment, Mastercard had $400 million of funding. Right. So I think the, the opportunities here are really massive in terms of inception, in terms of the possibilities, but there's a huge amount of work in terms of education. Yes. So I want to touch that, and you, of course, being very close with, with Berkeley and Stanford, because I, I've been, like I mentioned in the beginning of the interview, although it's not so well known, I, I've been actually in the music industry for a long time, and actually right. my biggest achievement was produce an album where David Bowie uh, sing. And, and the thing that I learned was, how little digital artists and musicians in general, I'm not talking digital artists, artists in general right, and musicians, right. the little they are digital. 
Right. Very few are digit. That's point one. Right. And then point two is what you mentioned about the business model is still we still need platforms like hip hop TV to make it happen. Right. Because right. the point is that at the moment, if an artist wants to do what you said, for Snoop Dogg wants to sell a course, right. or he goes and he produces everything on YouTube, and even hip hop, even Snoop Dogg will have to create a YouTube channel. Right. Will have to make sure that he creates a, a, a regularity within YouTube, which probably, of course, in this case, will be fast, but you still have right. to have a process. And right. it will take still some time to get numbers in YouTube because right. they don't come by accident, even if you are right. a superstar. So this is, that's an entire work. And for instance, if you look at most of the artists have very digital, small digital presence. So right. I, I want to touch this because this is kind of, for me, is the platforms. And now we put the people in the platforms and the business model working together because it's a right. catch-22 right now. And this is there's still no platforms for this, let's put it that way. Right. Because Spotify, right now, I think the numbers is 30% of the music industry in the world passes through Spotify. Right. 30%. Right. Okay, which is kind of crazy. Um, right. And, and then Spotify, I'm not criticizing them because they're doing a fantastic work. But it shows that one single platform in the, in the space of five years is controlling all of this, but it's right. mostly because they create revenue streams and they create a platform that works. Right. But the point is that a lot of all the small artists, they have no chance making money on Spotify. Right. Uh, right. And even medium artists, uh, right. only big, big numbers will right. make something. So how do you see this, especially from your head of music producer and, and of course, music industry and entertainment expert? Well, we, we, we hip hop TV, is really an educational platform. And we do this, especially in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our whole launch process, is to constantly uh, 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 go live and teach artists, we're leaving too much money on the table. This is how you do it. So, so, so and we have a personal relationship. So it's not like we're, 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 we can reach out directly and say, hey, these are the things we need to be doing to monetize what we're doing at a much higher level. Now, the term hip hop TV is very important. And that's what a lot of people uh, 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 get a little lost on. Uh, Puffy should have did this. You know, I, I agree. Puffy should have built hip hop TV. He built Revolt TV. Now, Revolt TV, um, and this just comes from, 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 from my academic work. A lot of leaders around the world don't want to hear the word revolt apply to young people in their countries. <laughs> so <laughs> let's take China, for instance. They don't want to hear the word yes. revolt. <laughs> Most African nations don't want to hear the word revolt. South America leaders don't want to hear the word revolt. So you're limiting your global growth right there with just the name of your platform. You know, that is key. Hip Hop TV allows us to build like a unifying force <laughs> around the world just because the name of the term and the free tools we offer and the free education we offer to say, hey, we're leaving too much on the table. This is how the new industry works. Digital is what we have to do. We're not limited by borders anymore. So hip hop is global. Everything you do in hip hop should be thought of as global. You should have an African plan. You should have an Asian plan. You should have a South American plan. Even if that just remixes on your music. So, hey, you need to do a reggaeton remix for yourself. <laughs> Same song, a remix, you know? You need to throw a little Afro bean in it for Africa. We teach the artists everything must be global and, be, and you have to attract the data. 
See, Hip Hop TV is really a data center for hip hop culture. You really have to check the data. Where is your stuff hitting? You spend a lot of time in LA, but for some reason, your stuff is hidden in Sydney, Australia. That's where it's, that's where your traction is coming from. We need to get you a passport, get you over there with a local DJ and a, uh, a, a promoter in Australia, and you need to go go hard in Australia. You know, so the a central data source so we can help artists maximize kind of what they're doing, which grows the culture also at the same time. So uh, um, that's what we're most excited about is really taking technology, applying it to the culture. But this could be applied, as you know, to anything. But we focus strongly on hip hop culture and we connect in sports because with basketball, at least, hip hop and basketball is tied at the hip. They're one in, almost one in the same. So when you see uh, NBA, you hear hip hop music. And it's been that way really since Allen Iverson of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers was a hip hop artist and a basketball star, MVP of the league, but he also rapped. And he made a marriage between the two that existed today. So sports and hip hop culture is a huge global lane to work in. And that's kind of what we focus on. No, and that really is amazing <laughs> what you guys have tried to do. So, so one thing I want to I want to highlight this precisely about the sports and the culture yeah. and the data. So, in in March uh, this year, you had you actually did a partnership between Corsina um, and Hip Hop to create a, a partnership with Adsmobile. So, yes. I, I will just quote from the PR because I think right. it's relevant for our audience. But it's interesting precisely to go from the theory to the practice. <laughs> so, AdsMobile is a digital advertising company with direct relationship to 1,200 Latin America, Spanish, and US Hispanic publishers. Right. Um, that has been announcing with Hip Hop TV, a 24 streaming network, the idea of a platform and the content production partnership called the AdsMobile Studio. That is a full-service content studio combining ideation and storytelling with the largest digital advertisement network targeting in U.S. and Spanish. And as well, it allows AdsMobile to bring a list talent and data together to innovate and guarantee measurable impact for advertisers. So can you tell us about this? Because this is really big. Right. And this is, I think, these models that we need in the music industry and especially in the pop industry as well. So uh, our partnership with Asmobile is very important. Asmobile is a marketing company that reaches a lot of people. They, they're, they're, they, they specialize in digital and mobile marketing for, for some of the largest companies in the world. Uh, our partnership with them creates a studio that we create content that, that is very branded and we work with brands. Uh, examples of that is uh, My City, My Music with a Latin uh, uh, focus on it. So focusing in reggaeton and Latin trap, telling the stories of the up and coming reggaeton and Latin trap artists and the cities that they grew in and how their neighborhoods and cities affected who they are as artists and, 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 and performers. You know, uh, we have another one, Dance Kings, we're developing with them, which tells the same thing about all these dancers around the world and the cities that they come from and, and the neighborhoods they come from uh, 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 and partner. So everything we do at Asmobile is has a Latin focus to it. So it, it's focused on on South America, Mexico, and the rest of South America, because uh, that's really their distribution uh, focus. Uh, we're developing similar deals with a company we work with out of Japan that handles Malaysia, Singapore, Korea, and Japan. 
uh, and forging some um, similar relationships with a company in China that focuses just on China and uh, even one in Africa. So we look to partner with uh, 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 distribution content development companies that know their region well, and we bring a lot of hip hop to the table. So it's powerful, yeah, very, 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 very powerful. powerful. So that's, that's how we're able to grow, you know, a, a little faster than, than maybe another platform is we worked for years on developing these series of partnerships around the world. It's really impressive. And I think this part that you just mentioned, the relationship between partnerships and media and data with the education component is, is I think, the biggest challenge that we are facing right now right. when it comes to creating new revenue streams for artists. For instance, there was a study talking just in the US alone, there's 30 million creators from musician to artists and all this stuff. And most of these people yes. are living in property rates. So there's a lot right. of need for this. Yes. Um, so I want to touch now in terms of picking on the dates and going to NFTs, as you know, is one of my okay. passions. So, but, but, uh, so how are you going to work from, from a, a, a platform uh, with the artists that you're presenting and organizations? Because I, you are very special because you are like an institution within the pop world because right. you have the relationship with the artists, but you have as well with museums, you have right. with a lot of different organizations. Right. So I would like to touch... How are you aiming to use, of course, the innovation coming out of you? And for instance, you mentioned the Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks is right. interesting because Mark Cuban right. invested hundreds of millions of dollars in NFT platforms. Uh, a lot of them in terms of NFT collectives. Um, and, uh, and there's a lot of things right now, and special collectives in sports and NBA precisely. Right. But I would like to hear from your side how you want to, of course, we're going to work with Cities ABC, but from your right. side with the artists, because I think that's the part that, Special people listening to us, of course, there's industry players, but there's a lot of creators and the industry people that want to learn and they want to mystify what is the NFTs, what is the hype, and take the hype out and let's look at the most interesting things. So it's, it's, you said it over and over again, it's education, education, education. Uh, uh, with hip hop and sports, just the NFT market alone is very, very valuable and will be very valuable moving forward, just, just that alone. But the creators or, or the athletes and the entertainers don't know a whole lot about how NFTs or cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, the whole thing works, blockchain, period. So the, the, our initial push is a lot of education, saying this is how it works, this is how you benefit from it, this is how your 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 your, your future generations benefit from it. It's not only you, this, your know, future generations can benefit from this. And this is how it all works. Has to be a, 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 a big key. Cause I think I've seen a lot of the other platforms, they just come in, you know, creating these NFT and all this stuff and, and really not bringing the educational piece to it. They're just doing it, you know, maybe slide the artist a check or something like that, but they're not really uh, doing it and, and educating the artists in, 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 in what is the business model of this digital currency? What is the business model of blockchain technology? What is the business model of NFTs and things and, and all the great things you're doing and all the great things you will be creating? How does NFTs play into your business model? So, and it goes a little deeper than that. A lot of the artists need help developing their business model now because they, the business model has changed so much that even the younger new artists 
don't completely understand it. So that is really the value of what we're bringing with Hip Hop TV is in our lane of hip hop and sports. We want to be the, 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 the we want to make sure we bring as much education to the table and teach people as much as possible because, you know, we do things transparently. We're very up and up. We're not trying to take advantage of nobody. We're here to help the culture. So business-wise, I think they would see that and say, you know what, Hip Hop TV did kind of gave me a lot of game early on. You know, I'm going with it. I'm going with Hip Hop TV. You know, uh, so we that's the long game. The long game is being integrity and the trust in this lane. So uh, artists eventually say, you know what, these guys, you know, really did it right, and uh, you know, th this is who I'm. I'm. I'm messing with. No, that is, I'm completely, and I think I, I love the vision, and I think it's, it's definitely the most important thing, but the very difficult thing, because I think uh, when I speak with uh, almost anyone, I think what I find is really there's a massive disconnection between the learning of the tools, mm -hmm. using the tools. And I'm not even talking about NFTs, for instance. If you do, I'm sure if you go to your network or catalog right. of artists right. and see their for instance, let's look at their Spotify profiles. Right. Let's look at Instagram profiles or YouTube channels. Right. And I'm sure that 90%, not to say 99%, will have almost zero followers and very low, really digital presence. And this is a paradox because you have fantastic artists that have terrible digital presence. Right. And, and if you don't make the bridge between the digital presence and the music or the creative part of the artist, of course, they will have much more difficulties to succeed. So I think this kind of border between these things is actually where the NFTs can actually create a lot of solutions. And I like what you said about making sure, especially that the NFTs are tools, but as well that has education in the platform, and which is precisely what we're trying to do, even with our interviews, to teach and to talk with the industry leaders, right. because you have uh, 25 years of experience within the industry, but as well, right. really going for the ups and downs, because of course, right. it's great when you work with Madonna or with one of the biggest celebrities and something really works fantastic. Right. But then is all the bad moments that goes and, and all the persistence, because this is a long game. So right. I want to talk about the failures and how do you deal with this, especially as an artist and as a musician, and how you deal as well with this kind of tools to empower this. Because I think it's, a, it's an important thing and people are afraid to talk about failure. I know that in the US, failure is much more tolerated than in Europe, for instance, or Asia. Right. Because in Asia, if you fail, you get in trouble. Actually, in, right. in Japan, you actually commit suicide. So, so there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of issues on these areas that I would like to touch, and especially a lot of artists that are struggling with a lot of challenges on this. So everything I work on is developing solutions to, 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 to lessen the failure rate. You know. Uh, I think there, there's tools now uh, that exist that could really help increase the, the success rate. Like, I'm gonna give you an example. So we have a lot of uh, 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 domestic artists in the United States, and let's talk about, uh, I would narrow it down to hip hop, right? That have no understanding of a global audience. They just don't, they just think they have to be popular in their neighborhood. They don't understand it. But, the world is a very big place, right? So uh, one solution I'm working with with those artists is let's find an artist doing something in another country. You know, let's say, let's go with Brazil, right? Let's go with an artist in Brazil, right? It has traction in Brazil. 
no traction in the United States, but traction in Brazil, you know. Reach out to the artists. Let's do a remix on a song. They're going to respond to you because you're from the United States. So you 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 could be nobody in the United States, but you're somebody to the guy in Brazil, right? So, so let's reach out to that guy. And then let's use the tools to geo-target Brazil with this guy with the focus of building your social media numbers, you know? So once you start building that traction, you know what I mean? The key is you may not be popular in L.A., but you match yourself with this global artist in another country and release some music and then geo-target your little mini ad campaigns on that area of the world that is much cheaper to do, you know, you will see your numbers grow, you know? Uh, and then we work our way back home. We work our way back to the United States because people start seeing your numbers and stuff. So uh, I think Hip Hop TV has a responsibility to help artists and content creators uh, 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 start to develop solutions that decrease the failure rate in the first place, you know, because right now a lot of them just bumping their heads on the wall. They're just not not understanding how the thing works. But you know, uh, 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 we, we came up with a saying a couple of weeks ago: the game would be sold, not told. Is that at Clubhouse gives a lot of you know they talk 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 talk, but we want to, our panels that we go live with, we're going to focus on solutions. You know, this is how you do it. And, and bring people to the table that, 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 being an insider, right? You don't have to go to Snoop Dogg. You get an artist he's close with <laughs> that he listens to that's not as big as him. And you have that, that person on the panel. Well, guess what? Snoop Dogg's going to watch it too. You know what I mean? That's his buddy. You know what I mean? He knows his buddy very smart, you know? We have an artist we work with, Mr. Fab. Mr. Fab is an Oakland artist, not known really outside of the, the Bay Area a whole lot, but he's very close to Snoop. He's very close to E40. He's very close to G Easy. He's very close uh, 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 to, to Too Short. A lot of artists in Detroit and other cities really pay attention to him, right? You've got to have Mr. Fab on because he has a lot of influence of artists, even though most people don't know who he is. He has a lot of influence on, on, on quite a few major artists and he could get through, you know, get through that barrier. And, and, and so we know how to use the system to maximize the exposure. Um, we want to be known for giving artists the tools to build success uh, uh, and start really working on the success models that, 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 that even failure is much less of a failure, so so there is no failure. You know, if you use this these these models with just a hundred artists, and that's five ninety nine times a hundred artists. You know, that's not bad, and you build from there. You know, so that 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 is a failure. Now, other artists may have a million people paying five ninety nine. You know, but you started with your hundred. Now it's time to build this up, your core fans. So, uh, I see this opportunity. I see it as a huge opportunity to say, you know what, uh, with the right tools, we don't have to fail. No, I, I love that. <laughs> and I think it's, it's all about the, it's about the way you look at these things. I really appreciate right. this. So yeah. I want to touch, and we are passing almost close to one okay. and a half, so I okay. will be respectful <laughs> of your time. So let's just, uh, one question about, the, let's go a bit right now about the prop culture. 
So um, we talk about music, we talk about the NFTs, and I think for people listening to us, definitely keep track on both Sean, Radar, and mine, because we're going to be talking a lot about this going forward. Yeah. But I think I want to touch right now on the culture side. So like you said, the pop is global famous, and it touches a lot of different things from music to movement to fashion to a lot of different things. So I would like to hear from your side how do you see this culture and how are you going to bridge all these different things? Because you mentioned first the education, but that's as well all the marketplace because you can sell fashion, you can right. sell design, you can sell even museums that are right now coming into these things and the museums want to work with the artists, with the right. musicians. So that's in, in the end of the day, there's so much different areas, but the, the, it's, like a, it's like a fragmented uh, ecosystem. And if you put it in the same boat, I think you can actually go to a good port. So I would like to hear about the culture and how you see these different areas, especially the bridge between music, fashion, and a lot of things of the hip hop culture. Well, one thing about hip hop culture is, is I'm old enough to have been around before hip hop was a, was, a, was a world famous situation, you know, a world famous thing. So hip hop, uh, their generations younger than me, that's all they know. They've grown up with hip hop their whole life, you know? Uh, um, so hip hop is blended into cultures around the world and it really equates to youth, urban youth culture around the world. Kind of that is synonymous, means the same thing as hip hop culture, you know, it's really urban youth culture around the world, which is a very valuable uh, 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 segment of culture because if you study where trends come from, the coolness of the world comes from urban youth culture. Whether that's your hat worn backwards, whether that's the kids with gold teeth, whether that's uh, an Izod shirt or a polo shirt, or whether that's, you know, tennis shoes, high top or low top, that culture, those trends begin in youth urban culture. And they flood the world and somebody makes billions of dollars from decisions made by young people in urban communities that they decide this is what's cool. So the culture has a lot of power to it. We have never ever monetized that culture or included those young people that create the trends into the business model. So, so, so we're talking about taking the culture to that and including those young people into the business model of the cool trends that they create. You know, that's really one of the powers of, of, of what we're doing at Hip Hop TV. And that's where data is so important. So we know, we know where these things come from. We know where these trends come from. In Oakland, at one point, it was a, 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 a trend to wear large 5X white t-shirts, uh, uh, blue jeans, Nike shoes, and all the guys grew dreadlocks. So we never knew why are all these kids wearing the same thing and wearing their hair the same way. And it came out in a panel discussion is that when the police are looking for you, they're looking for the same person. <laughs> they're looking for a guy with a 5X t-shirt, jeans, Nike shoes, and dreadlocks. But that's the whole neighborhood. The kids came up with that. They would dress and dress alike to make it tougher for the police <laughs> to, uh, to track them down, you know? But those 5X t-shirts sold around the world. That trend went around the world and some company made a lot of money selling 5X white t-shirts. See how it works? 
No, it's it's completely, and I love the way you put it because it's really about the misappropriation of uh, cultural trends and the different right. things that makes the difference here. Um, well, it's been a fabulous, uh, and I have a lot of more questions. But so one last thing, question to let you brief, and I'm sure you're going to have a follow up okay. session or two. So I want to just uh, so what are the talking precisely about trends? Uh, and someone like, someone like you that has been in the trends and all the different ups right. and downs and, of course, all the continuous fantastic things coming. Right. How do you see the, the present and future of hip-hop? I'm talking about the music and, and about the, the mainstream culture right now. I think it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, NFTs alone creates an incredible opportunity for, for hip-hop and, 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 sports, and sports culture. Uh, 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 creating, I mean, in that in that digital space alone is, a, like I say, is an incredible opportunity. But as 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 what we're doing with Hip Hop TV is saying, listen, everything is global, and for some reason we didn't ask for it. The world has voted, you know, young hip hop artists the coolest people in the world. So <laughs> people think that that you're cool. How do we monetize that cool? You know what I mean? If we're the coolest people in the world, how do we monetize that cool? And, and, and that's where we're at. So there's huge opportunity in the monetizing what the world is deemed as cool people. And, 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 and that's what we want to show artists how to do uh, around the world, around the world. These young uh, 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 artists that live in poverty, creating incredible content and music, you know, uh, 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 deserve a, a lot more return on investment. And that, that's what we want to bring them. And show them, teach them, this is how you do it. <laughs> so last one, and uh, so really very specific about Hip Hop TV. So you mentioned that you guys are going to have a nap coming. We talk about the partnership with Hip Hop TV right. and the Cosina and the Ads Mobile. Any other things that you want to share with your audience? And there, let's say music around the world, the artists and Hip Hop lovers how can they get in and get in the in the board of your special ship well shoot off the top uh we're excited and we haven't announced it yet our partnership with cities abc about our goal is to create the largest hip-hop marketplace for nfts in the world you know in partnership with cities abc we we we, we feel we can do that we feel we have the relationships we feel with some of the content we're producing around the world that focuses on cities and you know, our, our, our City is Mine productions, our My City, My Music productions. Uh, uh, we believe we can do that. Uh, we believe uh, uh, with our transparency and our fairness that, that we're going to offer the fairest deals for everybody. So <laughs> we're going to be the best place to do business with uh, just on a business level. But uh, um, that is a huge, a huge opportunity we're looking forward to, uh, along with some of our other global partners to really take the hip hop culture um, and really monetize at the highest level and provide a, a much higher return on investment for all hip hop focused creators. Well, I'm looking forward for that and going <laughs> on this ride together. Uh, yeah. I'm really impressive about all of these different things. Uh, we're going to put all these notes. I think we're going to do a couple of sessions about uh, precisely the education going forward because I'm particularly interested yeah. to work on that. So one last question, I think, is more personal. But tell us a bit your relationship with Berkeley. So someone like you that uh, was making parties in the, in the high school with 2,000 <laughs> people that end up actually at Berkeley University. <laughs> That's quite an achievement. And you're working as well with Stanford, so two of the top universities in yeah. the planet. 
So tell us about that, because I think that's a beautiful story, but as well that um, highlights the capacities that come. And I know that, for instance, there's a lot of artists that are these things, but sometimes it's a bit hidden. Uh, but I think it's important that we put it public because the only way for artists listening to us to make money in getting these models is learning, like you said. Right. But as well, being smart. And that smart implies being part of the waves in the right way. Well, I am totally connected to Berkeley. Growing up, my best friend's dad was a scientist at UC Berkeley. So I would actually ride my little bicycle and play on the Berkeley campus as a child uh, while my friend dad was at work because on his lunchtime, he would take us to the gym to play basketball on his lunch period. Uh, uh, but he was a scientist. So I, I grew up on the UC Berkeley campus as a child, probably not even realizing what UC Berkeley was, just riding my bicycle and climbing trees and playing in the gym. So. Uh, but afterwards, you know, and high school, my high school was down the street from UC Berkeley, St. Mary's High School in Berkeley is close to UC Berkeley. So Berkeley has kind of been a part of my life. Uh, my wife and I went to UC Berkeley. My wife is the Associate Dean of Admissions at UC Berkeley. So I'm just totally connected <laughs> to Berkeley. <laughs> and, and one of my closest friends is having to be a Dean at Stanford. So I work very close with him uh, in, 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 in science. And, and we, we, we produce these technology and sports camps where we teach kids about technology and sports. So I work very close with Stanford and UC Berkeley on that. So I am completely Go Bears, completely. Jason Kidd, of course, is one of my closest friends, and he's one of the most famous athletes to ever play at UC Berkeley. So I'm just Berkeley to the core, I guess. <laughs> wow, that's, that's very inspiring and, uh, and really fantastic. So I want to touch now, sorry, last one, if you have one minute or two yeah, more. Yeah, I have, so I have, I have. Can you tell us about, about, the, about the sports and data? Because that's quite interesting. We didn't touch much that, but uh, as well, how you relate the, the hip-hop TV with the sports part, but as well, the work you've been doing in data sports, because it's a massive industry and it's going to become bigger. And of course, on, on, when it comes to NFTs right now, the biggest part of NFTs are actually sports NFTs. So yes. a bit of that, because of course you have both the academic and the experience, <laughs> both, both experience working with sports people, right. but as well on the pop and with the academic. Well, we, we, we be, being here in the Bay Area, we sit in the heart of, we're between San Francisco and Silicon Valley. So we're, we're in a, a tech hub of the world uh, where we're based at. So we start producing uh, 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 sports camps that, provide, uh, so half the day is technology, the other half is sports, and we start with basketball. So we invite companies to come out and present to young people the opportunities that exist in, um, you know, in technology. Uh, because here in the Bay Area, you know, there's 200,000 job openings in technology that sit unfilled, that they mainly bring people around the world to fill. Even though our young people sit here <laughs> right around the corner, you know, and if we train them, our, our whole thought process, if we get them interested in it, they can look to, 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 to go into industries that are right around the corner from it. literally uh, uh, drivable distance, well-paying jobs. You know, these are, these are you know, uh, well-paying jobs too. So our camps are kind of designed to bring people into that kind of mix the sports with the technology. And in that, some of our sessions even focus on NFTs and the, and the sports guys talk about, you know, uh, 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 kind of what's going on. So we're bringing a, a, maybe a minting company is what we plan to be to in the future and actually have an athlete there and talk about how NFTs work so the young people can get exposure to it and say, oh, okay, that's how it works. So our technology, 
we mix the technology with the sports, really trying to focus on giving young people options uh, that, that, that very few people make it as professional athletes. We tell her, you know, the 1% of the 1%, but, you know, this, this computer scientist over here, this electrical engineer over here, he just went to school, you know? So you just focus. You can do that. A lot easier you can wow. do this other stuff. <laughs> you know, jump through the, jump through the gym and, and shoot like Steph Curry. You know, that's, 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 that doesn't come too often in this world, you know? But these guys and these ladies, Everybody could do it. So that's kind of our focus. Well, now that's that inspiring and, and wonderful, Sean. It's really impressive. And I think this is shows as well the versatility of your work. And, and, uh, and I believe really in, in, in hip-hop TV to be a driver of the culture of hip-hop and create a fantastic, positive and empowered movement. Yes. So looking forward to continue working. I think this will be the first of a lot of uh, uh, interviews they're going to be doing. And I hope the next ones will be with different people from the industry talking about the problems and doing lives and, uh, and as well creating a lot of educational, because I think that's the idea that I want to pass with my YouTube channel. And as well, I know that is what you want to do as well right. with YouTube TV. So thank you so much, Sean. We're going yes. to put all the links for the website, for the app, and for uh, all the different fantastic things you guys are doing. And uh, for everyone listening, please study Sean, study the <laughs> pop TV and get involved and please take your seat, not take your seat, get action as well, because that's the most important thing here. Dennis, thank you. You and your team really appreciate it. Look forward no, to No, my a lot pleasure and very honored to be here. Okay, thank you. Right. Thank you.